Steve Jobs once said, we're here to put a dent in the universe. Well, FinTech has certainly put a dent in the financial services industry over the past few years. This podcast series focuses on the story of those individuals who took Jobs' advice, the dent makers, if you will. This is the FinTech Five. On this episode of the FinTech Five, I am with a founder whose name I have now mispronounced for like five years straight, Ben. I didn't know I was doing that. Ben Mylan, I say that right? Uh, it's just Milan. Just Milan. I swear to God. And this podcast, I have got even that name. It's, it's what, five letters? Okay, we're going to go just Ben. Ben's the founder and CEO of Dewalla. For those of you that live under a rock and don't know what Dewalla is, Ben, what's the 30-second overview of Dewalla? Dewalla is the ideal API to move money. We connect your software to banking infrastructure so that it can move money through APIs. I, I like that the ideal way of doing money, moving money. So is, is ACH a four-letter word, in your opinion? Not, you know, ACH is sort of beautiful in its ubiquity. And one of the things that has certainly been clear to me throughout the, this project has been ACH is sort of the foundational layer for for payments in the United States, or one of two, the other one being wire. And you know, in that, it's just very reliable, but it's hard to access and it's expensive to access and hard for companies to build technology that interacts with it. And so a lot of what we do is actually make ACH more usable and develop porting and APIs to allow software to function in a way that developers want it to, so they don't have to build all that tech. Yeah, whenever you speak, because you you know you're you're one of those guys everybody loves in the speaking circuit, and I love where you show that basically here's a line of code, drop it in and go. You know, it's it's one of my favorite slides. But you're also the first person I've ever heard say ACH is beautiful in its ubiquity, and that's going to be <laughs> what I put as the tagline for this interview. I've never ever ever heard anybody say that. You found well, it. Just, no, go just ahead. Think about how difficult it is to connect the technology yeah. to all financial institutions and do it in a way where its presence is implied. So, I mean, <laughs> that's a hard thing to replicate. Oh, hell uh, yeah. yeah. I tried for years and realized that I was, uh, it was, I was better off making the current system more usable than trying to replace the entire thing. Now, you, you founded Dwaller and came up with the idea around, if I remember right, about 2008, so the time of the crash. That's right, right? It's been that long now? Sounds about right. So uh, it sounds like a long time when you say it. No, that's that's the equivalent of a century in fintech years. Let's just all agree to that. So we've had many come and go during that time. I won't name any of them. What why do you think you've had such longevity? What what's special about the Walla? We just don't quit. That's a good that I like that answer. Too stubborn to quit. Too good oh. to quit. <laughs> Too legit I, to quit. I had to say that. You know, the um the market, the one thing that I think has been interesting is, as I've been doing this, the market does nothing but get bigger, and the opportunity yeah. does nothing but get bigger. And now we're sort of going from this, um, how do we connect banks to how do we connect the banking system to software, and how does that enable new forms of commerce, and leveraging things like automation and artificial intelligence, and how those pieces of software or machines actually need to engage in commerce, created this other new opportunity that didn't even exist five years ago. And it just, it keeps happening. And I know that from my perspective, Walla has continued to iterate to sort of find the right product to bring the value to market that we care deeply about. And in full transparency, it took us a while. So is it true, this might be a legend, an urban legend in FinTech. I want to see if it's true. 
you come up with the name for the company with a six pack and a and a walk? Is that a true true story? Uh, I'm sure there's a six pack in the house somewhere, but <laughs> the reality was I had a pitch the next day and I was trying to come up with an idea for the name and the current name I had sucked. And so I needed something shorter. And so the only two words that seemed to come up constantly were web and dollar, slammed them together, spelled it semi-incorrectly and stuck ever since. Um, you know, I, I think that the, the name itself becomes secondary to kind of what you build. Um, and ironically, the product that we really found that businesses really want is a product that doesn't even have our name on it. It's just our infrastructure in a white label environment that gives their software access. And so the name has become, well, just a name, but it's, it's not even on the in software customers use anymore. So what's the one lesson? Because, I mean, at this point now, you're, you're an old timer when it comes to being a, a company founder in fintech. When you look back, what's the one lesson over the past, I don't know, eight years at least that you look at and go, wow, I wish I would have known that to begin with? Only one. That's, that's tough. Well, the, the biggest one for me, at least um, in this company, was that we felt like initially the path to success was the consumer product. Get as many consumers on it as humanly possible and essentially like create a Swiss army knife so anybody can use it almost like email. And in some ways, that paved the way for how businesses actually wanted to use our product and pave the way to our current APIs. But in reality, the better fit for our product and the better way to distribute it was actually to sell to businesses in a white label environment where our name is not even on the product for APIs. And so I think that's just the difference in um, what we learned over time, but holy smokes. And we started selling that product three years earlier, things would probably be uh, slightly different. All right. So again, this is a short form interview um, format. So unfortunately, we're down to rapid fire. So just off the top of your head, no wrong answer. All right. So your wife, Jamie, she's an accomplished photographer. I believe she's like resident and artist for the ballet in Des Moines. What's it like living with an artist? And do you have any skills? That's well, a no. So, uh, <laughs> it's full of creative projects. Uh, the, <laughs> the kitchen, the living room, everything is a format for a photo shoot or something else. And uh, uh, it's full of creativity. And creativity can be a messy process sometimes. Yeah, but she is really good. And I was looking at her site, and I was looking at some of the pictures before this. She's she's really good. Um, you, we were talking about this right before we started recording. You cut your travel by fifty percent last year. Why? I mean, I want to see my family, and generally speaking, I also have found that with age, I am more productive. I am happier when I sleep in one bed and I work at one desk. And that also means I'm a better contributor in the company instead of being outside of it evangelizing, evangelizing on its behalf. Um, I like being in the business and working on the business. And so I really tried to structure myself, my life, and my, well, the company around getting more time to do that instead of just being on the road, road all the time running my mouth about payments. So this is the last question. You ready? You consider yourself to be an introvert or an extrovert? And I'll explain why I'm asking that. I don't actually know. Um, well, here, let me tell you why I asked that. Because I've, I've been at, you know, we're, we constantly trip over each other at conferences. And you're excellent on stage. I mean, you're really good at this. You, you, you know, you've honed the skill. 
but I think you're a lot like me. I'm an introvert. I love being on. I actually like being on stage. I like doing these. I don't mind talking to people, but I like my alone time too. And I've noted. I've watched you. <laughs> you don't know this. I've stalked you at these events, and you seem to enjoy your alone time also. Well, I cer- I certainly do. But with any um, company that we're all working to build, I think that there are times where um, it's good to share the story. And it's certainly when you spend a lot of time evangelizing a product or a business or an idea, the times that you get by yourself or with a small group of people become increasingly rare and really that much more special. And I feel like I'm starting to sound like an old man right now, but certainly I think time changes people. I would agree. Um, all right, everybody, take a look at Dwalla. It's easy, Dwalla.com. Also, um, Ben does one of my favorite blogs. So I, I, years ago, I started following Brad Feld. He's one of the great tech bloggers, still is. Um, I, I like Ben's. Ben's yours is really good, too. I enjoyed I was reading through it a lot this morning. So, folks, give that a follow. Follow him on Twitter. And, Ben, thanks for the time. Thank you. Appreciate you having me. I hope your pinky gets better. <laughs> <laughs>